Welcome back. With this podcast, we're discussing our love of Neil Gaiman's Good Omens. Yes, there might be spoilers if you've been following the Amazon series or the book. In particular, this conversation largely involves Crowley. His name choice, his chosen clothing color when he was in heaven in season two, and his eye color. But we really emphasize the use of eye color in the television series for a lot of this conversation. I start by referencing a YouTube channel by a YouTuber going by the name of Sindaria that started this conversation. Head to her channel if you're interested. She does a lot of research into all kinds of interesting topics involving good omens, and we recommend it. Take a listen to our conversation and comment if you can, just to let us know what you think. Okay, we need to get into this good omens thing, and I'm constantly thinking about different aspects of it. And and I, and looking at what Sindaria puts out, I always think about it for like hours afterwards as to what the meaning of each thing was. And I, I just think it's amazing that there's so many people thinking about what all of this is, but. I can't believe that there isn't a lot of discussion on Crowley's choice of name because everything is significant in this in this work of art that that has come out of Pratchett and Gaiman. So there's just no way that <laughs> his name is accidental. I don't know. Maybe this is too obvious, but when I think of Anthony, I automatically think of Saint Anthony. So I have to look about up what you know what Anthony was the saint of but I was thinking you know since he's immortal I mean he might even have known Anthony and maybe there's a reason he chose to have his name as his first name I mean because it's not based on anything else like Aziraphale is like his name is sort of broken down with his actual name so uh, we have to look about you know what who's Saint Anthony and, and sort of the history of that and then with the J, you know, Anthony J. Crowley, you know, but maybe it's not an initial. Maybe it's like J, you know, like like a blue J. And then his last name is, you know, Crowley, which is another bird. So I was thinking maybe it's not actually a J. Maybe it's literally J, like J-A-Y. And then he just put it as J. I don't know, but uh, he seems to have this thing about fascinating, intelligent birds. So I... I I don't know. That just popped into my head. I also think that, you know, he's got a thing for birds, right? So Crowley with Crow, right? And he's the one that always talks about the nightingale. And uh, yeah, don't forget his thing about feeding the ducks properly. Um, Yeah, so I I think he just has an affinity for birds. Oh, yeah. How can I forget the nightingale and the ducks? Don't feed ducks. Uh, bread, feed them peas. <laughs> so reading a bit about St. Anthony, it's actually kind of interesting. There's a lot of stuff there, but one of the most common things is that he is the saint of lost things. So uh, it's just really interesting because in a way Crowley has lost something, right? And 
than taking that name. I don't know if that's what it is, but I keep thinking there has to be some sort of significance. And there was a choice made for Anthony. And I just think it's interesting that he's typically the patron saint of lost things, even lost spiritual things. So if you think of Crowley having fallen and therefore he's lost something, I don't know, just a thought. Maybe the reason he chose that is because like he knows that he did lose something, but he just doesn't know what it was. Maybe. Or the fact that like he did he did lose like the fact that he was an angel and stuff. And then he asked some questions <laughs> and he lost that like rank and such. But I do think he still kept his powers or at least quite a few of them because like all the stuff, the weather and just like holding things together with his imagination and stuff. I, I think I I think he maybe he lost some of his memories because like he couldn't remember what was that guy's name Furfur he couldn't remember him and such but I do think I I I do I do think maybe you're right that Anthony does have to do with the fact that he lost something at least maybe we don't know what it was but we do know he did lose something. It's interesting because Sindarya also asked about, I don't know if that's how you say her name or their name, um, but let's go with that. But uh, she, <laughs> she had also put up a question about what we think that uh, Crowley's angel outfit, what the color was. And I, I know we actually started talking about that, but I still think it's gold. Um, but I think it's interesting if you look at people's answers, they're all over the place. And uh, it's sort of like that, that meme with the color of the dress it's like people seem to see different colors but i think it's gold um i see it as gold and it looks you know bright to me i i don't see it as a subdued color but uh yeah i think it's gold yeah i definitely think there's something behind that whole like color color theory of all the clothing and whatnot um I mean, I haven't really taken that much of a look at it because I, I don't really notice. I honestly don't really notice those kinds of things. But I mean, th there definitely could be something there. And I I trust that you definitely did notice something, though I just don't know if we know what it means quite yet. Maybe that's a question for Neil Gaiman that we'll have to ask. <laughs> Particularly if you look at the colors that the other angels are wearing, like I I... I see this as like a high ranking color and I think that that's a choice and I think Crowley would have made a choice and uh, because he does miracle his clothes and he clearly did that there and with that choice I think he's sending a message um, and especially if you look at how all the other angels interacted with him even when they knew that it was Crowley and that he didn't belong there. Um, they just seem to accept the fact that this person is someone who knows what he's talking about. And I, I really think that that color has to go with his rank and it matches what the other ones were doing. And I think he was a pretty high ranking angel. I don't think he was trying to camouflage himself in any way because that's not a cruelly thing to do. Other than, of course, hiding his eyes. That seems to be the only thing that he hides. I feel like he's really self-conscious about them. I don't think he can change them. 
I really think that this is some sort of punishment for him because he's clearly somebody who is really into, at least now as a demon, is really into his appearance and, and thinks about every aspect of, you know, how he looks. And I don't know, if you look at the other demons, the way I understand it, they sort of miracle themselves into the way they want to look at. And if you look at Beelzebub, she actually, I mean, according, to, I know they switched actors for, for that character, but I mean, they put it within the realm that, you know, she could completely change her appearance or they could change their appearance. I think they, I think that Crowley referred to Beelzebub as they, um, but yeah, like I have a feeling that his eyes are some sort of, some sort of punishment and that he's always going to look like, you know, the snake, but I, I, I don't know. But that sort of popped into my head. But I, I, I don't think he can change those eyes. And um, using the glasses is a way that he could hide them and be more like the mortals that he obviously loves. He loves humans and people um, and cares about them a lot. Yeah, I think I, I've noticed like a lot the eyes in Good Omens seem to be like a very like consistent thing between the different characters like you know like there was that whole thing with gabriel when he was gabriel he had those like purple eyes but when he was jim and he lost the essence of like who he was he had like normal normal not purple eyes i don't remember what color they were but i think the eyes like you know because there's that saying the eyes are the windows of the soul because like Gabriel Jim had lost who he was like all his memories his eyes changed color so I think you know maybe maybe just maybe like a lot of the demons have like very like non-angelic and non-human looking eyes whereas a lot of all of the as far as I know, all of the angels do have human appearing eyes. It may be weird colors, but definitely human appearing eyes. So maybe there's some kind of thing that happened to a lot of the demons that, like, both, yes, changed their appearance, but they can change their appearance, but changed their eyes. So they changed, like, the essence of who these demons were. I mean, we know that, well, at least we think that Crowley does remember, like, who he was and all that stuff, but something definitely changed, and I feel like those eyes, like, his, his new eyes are kind of maybe a reflection of that, so maybe something happened to him that, like, because no matter what form he takes, the eyes are always a constant thing, but between his former, like, angelic form and his demonic form right now like his eyes have changed so but we don't think he's changed as a character but maybe he has maybe something happened to him that he lost some sort of part of himself and then if we think about the idea that the eye color is something that they can't change so who then chooses the eye color I mean, I guess we'd have to assume then that in this universe that that God would be choosing the eye color. So if we look at Crowley and the chosen eye is the snake eye. So what does that say? So if we're, we're thinking that 
snake eyes mean that he's untrustworthy and would that mean that say you know god feels that she was betrayed then by crowley like if we think about the fact that crowley was you know, obviously up there in rank that maybe maybe that's why right <laughs> why would be the choice i mean yes he ended up being the snake in the garden of eden eden but he already had the snake eyes right um so maybe i'm overthinking this but you get into this sort of chicken and egg idea i mean did we think you know where did this idea that you know snakes are untrustworthy come from is that you know happened before that because if we're looking at the garden of eden i mean obviously i mean yeah so snakes were created before that but i don't know or is that just something that in this universe that developed because because of that and then we say that we're we're assuming that you know god decided that snakes were untrustworthy and that then spilled over into what's happening here so then is that why crowley is hiding his eyes because he feels shame and, and you know we know that crowley does pray or he does still talk to god even though he doesn't believe that god is listening and because he does do that right we see that scene in the first season where he talks to god and he's sort of pleading that things go a different way and that he didn't mean to fall it's almost like he's apologizing but i know gaiman said that crowley might not be as innocent as he you know seems he you know, he ended up there for a reason but then yeah i just i just feel like there's a reason that there's the snake eyes and why we we now associate snakes being untrustworthy and i'm just kind of wondering how that sort of idea should then developed in in the you know in the good omens universe and definitely i do think that like even though like because we saw in the episode where it flashed back to the time with job and whatnot crowley was kind of like almost almost like baiting a zero fail on him like oh am i lying about this am i not but i do think like that was like one of the first times that they really interacted with each other since like the crowley's vague saunter downwards <laughs> but i i think especially as time went on um he he definitely kind of wanted to be trusted by especially like by aziraphale because their relationship grew but i think i mean yes then at, at that time when in the whole job episode um he was wearing gl glasses of sort um but i i think yeah that definitely it definitely probably or i, I think it, it does have something to do with he he wants to be trusted by people he wants to be able to be open with people and have people feel like they're able to be open with him and that's also why he starts like not covering his eyes as much um when he gets closer with the zero file because like he he feels like this level of trust has been reached so he doesn't need to hide himself anymore but then then again during the final 15 um he they go right back on so i think the the glasses and like the eyes are kind of a way of protecting 
himself from others' perceptions of him, but also protecting others from, like, jumping to conclusions about him, maybe? It's like, I mean, definitely he probably does wear them because it's not normal for a person to, for a normal human to have <laughs> bright yellow slit pupil eyes. And that's why he wears them in public, like, all the time. But also, probably because he wants to blend in. He wants to be seen, like, he because he, you can tell, like, both both him and Aziraphale, but especially Crowley, they, they both love humans. They love humanity, and they want to feel like they're both, like, protectors of and, like, a part of humanity. Even whether they like it or not, they both do seem to feel that way. And, like, because, I mean, that was pretty much what all of season one was about. They wanted to keep humanity just like as it was, as it as it is, and that I think that the eyes may kind of tie into that. That's why Gabriel's eyes changed because he no longer was Gabriel. He just was thirty eighth, a thirty eighth, thirty eighth order scrivener, and which is I guess must be pretty close to a human because like we noticed like. Muriel, because she's like 37th Order Scrivener, she looks pretty normal. She doesn't have any kind of crazy weird stuff going on with her eyes that I noticed. But yeah, but then then again, why do the other like archangels, um, but like everyone besides Gabriel, as far as I recall, um, they have like normal colored eyes. There's nothing weird about them. Like maybe it's because he's the archangel and. Maybe the purple eyes go along with the archangel, or not that. He's like the head archangel, the supreme archangel, and maybe the purple eyes go along with that status. And then, like, maybe why why might that be? Why purple? Why not like any other color? I mean, because I know purple, like I associate purple with being like the color of like nobility, royal, royal, whatever, because of all that history behind the color of like important people and rich people and monarchs wearing purple so maybe that might be part of it maybe the whole supreme archangel identity your eyes change color to purple maybe but then again once he regained his memories once gabriel regained his memories his eyes went back to being purple even though he technically wasn't the supreme archangel anymore or maybe he still is maybe but he just is kind of ignoring his or not not attending to his duties which is why they needed to get Aziraphale to be the new supreme archangel but I would be curious to see how if or whether if in season three Aziraphale's Aziraphale's eyes change color maybe but I mean that's just a theory I might I have personally so your comments about Gabriel's purple eyes just blew me away. I'm sorry, I did not notice that. And I was just like, what, they're purple? So I actually looked this up. I went to the internet and I looked it up and yes, you're right, they are purple. And when he does lose his memory, they change to not purple. And the idea is that they're changing to the eye color that is normal for John Hamm, which is, I guess, hazel. And then he does get purple eyes back when he gets his memories back. So I'm going to go into this with this, you know, the eyes being the window to the soul, right? You know, and, and so I, I was wondering, you know, why did they choose purple for, 
for um, Gabriel, and, and I saw this quote on the internet, and I don't know if it's true. I want to ask to look and see if this was a game and thing, but apparently Elizabeth Taylor had violet eyes, and she was supposed to be, you know, a beautiful person or woman of her generation, and um, and maybe that's why Gabriel has purple eyes, but if you think about it being window to the soul, somehow I don't feel like, and this sounds weird, being Gabriel, but his soul isn't kind, right? So I don't know what that says with the purple. So we'd have to look this up. You know, what is the meaning of purple? Um, and then Aziraphale has blue eyes, I think, in the show. Um, and what does that mean? And I know that uh, um, Michael Sheen's eyes are not blue. Apparently, they're uh, a variation of brown and green, and apparently his eye color changes. Uh, as an as a person, and it bothers him, and uh, I, I can relate to that because mine also changes, and I also have green eyes, so I don't know if that's a thing. But in the show, I think his eyes are blue, so there he's also wearing contacts. And then, of course, there's Hester; uh, his eyes are black, and and you know me, I'm thinking that means that his eyes are all pupil. So you can really see if you're thinking window to the soul, you can see right to his soul and it's black and and he seems to be the one that seems to be the most well not the most but you know his and his actions as a demon can be quite cruel um as we saw in season one and he does have this sort of darkness to him um even though he does get scared and and, and you know does feel like there are some lines that shouldn't be crossed you know, as we saw in season one, when, when Crowley used the, the holy water. Um, and then back to Crowley, his eyes, right? It, here, when you think of snakes, right? At least in Western culture, we think of snakes as being untrustworthy. And maybe that's why Crowley always hides his eyes, because he doesn't want people to judge him right away and think of him as being untrustworthy when he, he clearly does have kindness and goodness in him. And he doesn't want people to make that assumption, so he covers his eyes. And then as he gets more and more comfortable with Aziraphale, he doesn't cover his eyes anymore because Aziraphale sees past his eyes and what they might mean to other people. Uh, I really, I'm thinking this is, is quite, is quite interesting uh, aspect about you know, how, how to think about, you know, the eyes being the window to the soul. Um, and then, you know, at the beginning, in the, in the Garden of Eden, even though I think Crowley is gorgeous in that scene, um, his eyes seem to be the most yellow that I recall seeing them, or when he's really, really scared, they go more dark yellow. And I think other people on the internet, I think I saw a reference to that. Um, I don't want my opinion to be completely shaped by that and I, in, in what I share with you, but I, I just had to go to the internet when it was Gabriel's eyes being purple because I just did not notice that. It's like, wow. Um, and then I saw all these other things. But yeah, I'm thinking that since this is Good Omens and there's so much there, that every detail is thought out, that there is a, a really strong choice as to the eye colors and the use of contacts on these actors to get these points across. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I have no idea who Elizabeth Taylor is, which probably speaks to my age, but um, I definitely think that um, 
the purple, the purple eyes and the blue eyes, that, that was definitely a choice. And um, about Haster, like, I mean, I, I was personally thinking that his eyes were just, like, pure black because, like, I, I think, like, because a, a lot of the demons are, like, kind of, like, based around certain creatures, certain animals, certain insects, certain amphibians, whatever. And I don't know if I'm remembering this right, but I think he had some kind of, like, salamander or maybe I it was some kind of I think it was some kind of reptile which would typically normally have like full black eyes I was th- I think so I I don't know that I definitely think there's probably something there to that but that's what I originally thought when I saw him yeah I think the fact that like Crowley's eyes and whatever like similar to or, like he, he, and he becomes like the serpent in the Garden of Eden. I think, I mean, per, I mean, I, I really have no idea, but personally, I would think that that's kind of an extra punishment, like, for Crowley, because, like, like, I mean, I don't know, we don't know if this is really true at this point, but a lot of people are thinking that Crowley was, like, very high up. He had a lot of important duties and powers and whatnot. So maybe because, I mean, because God felt, like, very betrayed or something um by this like questioning maybe it was just an extra punishment to like maybe like drive home the point that like god had trust in crowley to like i guess obey unquestioningly and he kind of did not do that he asked too many questions he asked the wrong questions and this is kind of like a punishment for the rest of time that now everyone sees him and thinks, oh, this guy is untrustworthy, even though that is not really the case. And I mean, I don't really know where the whole like snakes are untrustworthy thing, uh, untrustworthy thing originates from, but I do know, um, because like, I, I read a lot of Rick Martin books, which probably aren't the best source for like completely correct mythology, but they are good to get started for a young person um i know that in egyptian mythology there's this uh snake that kind of is the the enemy of all of the gods and it's kind of like the embodiment of chaos and whatnot so the snake is like a really big big bad evil thing in egyptian mythology but then again this big bad evil thing even though it is so big bad and evil it, it it's like a, a natural balance to the good harmonious nature of the universe so like in both in this case like it's it's a necessary duality to the entire everything in order to make things work and perhaps like with Crowley being the, the whole like shady snake guy and then we're, we're always seeing Crowley and Aziraphale together those two like they did the miracle together they always work better together than when they're apart they're both needed to like balance each other out and create like a more powerful force in the universe itself that is neither good nor evil just something that is it keeps the harmony of the universe going, I guess.
but in terms of why a snake specifically or like why snakes are generally considered to be evil or bad or whatever i i don't know where that comes from but who knows maybe it's from when the really 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 early humans were out in the wilderness and got bitten by snakes and died and stuff i really don't know where that ended up coming from but it is a thing that we do see quite often in like mythology or in pop culture like we know like a lot of like disney villains and whatever are like associated with certain creatures so like the like dragons or like snakes or etc it's like it would be an interesting thing to dive into to see why are certain creatures like feared and why are certain creatures like consistently oh these are good things it would be very interesting <laughs> to to look into that i mean and it's obviously not uh, just a one-off thing because the entire series itself is called good omens <laughs> So why is it that snakes are commonly seen as something that are like creatures that bring bad omens as opposed to like anything else? And then I'm also thinking about the expression like I, I know there's some kind of expression where it's like, oh, like you you snake, which is like some which is like, oh, like you you like evil conniving person, how could you do this? Um may that I know, I just, I'm thinking of that expression that comes to mind. And, like, the, the apple that Curly tempted those two into eating, like, that, that's all, that's supposed to be, like, oh, the, the ultimate, like, first, like, evil action, um, in the history of everything, um, but at the same time, like, we see Curly, like, when he's talking to Aziraphale, like, right after, he's, like, what if I did the good thing and you did the bad thing by giving them the flaming sword? That I just I feel like that I, I that seems very significant to me. Like I, I'm not really sure why, but like that the whole like fact that this is set up is supposed to be a really bad thing. But what if it was actually a really good thing? I don't know if there's anything. I don't know if there's anything to go off of that. If it's gonna, gonna go anywhere. But I feel like that is a very important, like, line or, like, idea or concept in in this show that I'm, I'm sure there are probably definitely examples that of, of actions that the two take that could be analyzed in, in such a way. But I, I think that this whole thing specifically, it, it just feels very weighty, very significant to me. There's definitely a lot to unpack about this eye color thing, but I must say, you know, I, I think I told you about that meme I saw with the yellow car and how Aziraphale changed the color of the car to yellow. And then the understanding that yellow is Aziraphale's favorite color and then thinking that Crowley's eyes are yellow and then Crowley asking him to change the color back to black. Oh, I feel so bad. I mean, that just completely went over my head. But, you know, I was looking at the, the color of Aziraphale's eyes. They, they are officially blue. I looked at the uh, Good Omens wiki page and it, they're listed as blue, but I've seen people on, on the internet or on the, the hive mind thing. People would say, well, they're only blue when he goes to heaven and they're green when he's on earth. But no, 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 they're, they're I, I'm pretty sure they're blue. But Haster, 
I still think that those eyes are the window to his dark soul, right? Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure what it says in the book, but actually, I think it's Ligur who has the little animal on his head, that sort of, you know, lizard-like thing on his head. I, I, I don't think it's Haster. I think it's Ligur. But anyways, um, and I don't know what it says in the book, but I, I, I don't know. But th this, this whole thing about, and I think we agree that with Crowley, he doesn't want people to make the assumption about the snake and being untrustworthy and on top of just it would freak you know humans out and he and he loves the humans right um and then thinking back at the garden of eden and, and, and did he do the good thing or did aziraphale do the good thing and and i think both of them did something major right like crowley he loves knowledge that that i think is obvious and 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 by having uh them eat the apple they gained knowledge and then with the flaming sword i'm correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that's the same flaming sword that war was using in the in the book and in the in the first season so i mean the, the i think the combining of the knowledge and wisdom maybe not so much wisdom, but knowledge. And that sword, I think the two of them really set humans on a course for, you know, their whole history in those two acts. So whether these were good things or bad things, I'm not quite sure, but I do agree that those two are working together in the whole scheme of things without them knowing it. So that goes back to like the ineffable plan versus you know the the you know god's plan right so the ineffable plan or the or the other plan i don't know remember how they're always you know separating the two different kinds of plans is that the ineffable plan um so i i think there's more at work going on here and crowley and aziraphale really are critical to it um you know but when you come to to snakes I, I, this is going to make, make this, we're going to go on a tangent here, at least I'm going to go on a tangent, but I, I keep thinking about um, even in Harry Potter, right? The Slytherins, you know, and the snake, and they were sort of untrustworthy and, and cunning. Um, but in the end, even in uh, Harry Potter, Snape was really the hero at the end, right? And how self selfless he was. And I don't know. I just, I just think that it's, it's sort of an interesting thing that popped into my head when you were talking about untrustworthiness and how it always seems to be so. And, and, and I haven't read all the books that you have read, but in, in terms of mythology books or things that are based on mythology or drawing from mythology, but I, I just, that just popped into my head. But I must say, we started this whole thing talking about uh, Crowley's name and the hive mind sort of brought me down. I, I looked on the internet and I found this quote, the person asked a question and the game and answered. And he says, primarily Crowley is drawn from the town of Crawley near where I grew up with a dash of Alistair and that being Alistair Crowley, who was uh, some sort of occultist of some kind. I'm not an expert on that. And then he adds, so a dash of Alistair and the frog he would a wooing go for the Anthony and the pronunciation. So I don't know, but I still like to imagine that 
the character Crowley did have something, uh, a particular choice for the name of Anthony. Um, so I don't know, but that is the final word from, from Neil Gaiman, I guess. So maybe that's why people aren't questioning as to where the name comes from. Um, and then something about the book saying that the, the J he just threw in there to, because it sounded good. And I, I, I really still feel that there's something more to it, but anyways, that's what the Gaiman says. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as we had having it. And with that, we're on to other topics. Again, let us know your thoughts and thanks for listening. I hope you take part in our next discussion. Thank <laughs> you.